Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Well, if you didn't have any uh, tissues or anything before you started the service, that's on you. Um, you, I, I tell you what, aren't we so rich with just such a great heritage? Amen? I tell you what, I'm, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm a mess inside. I'm just a puddle inside today. Um, just so thankful for the great heritage that we have as a church family. Uh, we've had um, some amazing people who have started this church, who have uh, created this place for us, and you know, many of us are the generations who've received, and we are going to continue to pass it on to other generations. Amen? Um, I want to make sure you know that we've got a picnic today after the second service. If you're online, if you're in the service, if you show up around 12.30 or so, we'll, we'll be uh, fixing our food and we would love to have you today. Uh, Marie Stevenson is going to be with us in second service, and her three sons have all come from out of state to be with her today in this place, and we're going to um, thank her. Many of you know uh, that Pastor Joe went uh, on to be with the Lord a couple years ago, and um, he, their decision to, to plant this place is such a, um, a huge deal in the history of this community, and um, you know, they, their heart's desire was to plant a church. Uh, they called it Full Gospel, uh, Goochland Full Gospel Church, because their desire was to have a church where, uh, in our community, that preached about the Holy Spirit, about the gifts of the Spirit, the power of God to heal and set people free. And, um, and we appreciate all the churches in our community, but we also know what we are called to be in this community. And we're proud of it. We're thankful for our heritage and so thankful for the families um, like Linda and Maxine and, um, and Earl and Anne and others who have been here uh, for so many decades. And we're standing on their shoulders today and so thankful. Aren't you thankful today? Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm, um, I'm in this series, and I'm going to open up with a scripture in a moment. We're in this series about Father Abraham. And the first week we talked about the faith, and this series is really intentional kind of building up to today. He is our father of faith. We talked about faith, which is such an important part of our journey as believers, um, how we, it's a, a confidence in things that we hope for and how it's an assurance about things that we do not see. And then Elizabeth did a great job yesterday, last week talking about Abraham and the promise of Isaac and how um, in his faith he was willing to, to wait for Isaac and contend for Isaac. And then when he'd received Isaac, the Lord asked him to sacrifice Isaac and that he was even willing to give up the very thing he was promised because he believed that God could raise Isaac from the dead. We know from the story, he did not have to sacrifice his son. God provided a ram, but our Father in heaven did provide a sacrifice of his son for our sins, of which we are so thankful that he didn't spare his only son. Amen? I want to open up by reading to you Galatians 3, 26 through 29. And then we're going, to, um, we're going to pray. And i got to warn you, I think I'm going to pray for a while. So settle in. 
Galatians 3.26 says this, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have been clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I want to tell you today, the word is full of promises. And did you know that those promises are for you? Because by faith you've received Christ into your life. And as a believer in Jesus, as a follower of His, you are part of Abraham's family of faith. And the promises are for you. The promises were meant to be passed down. And they were meant to be received. And you and I are the beneficiaries of those promises And we want to receive them for us and we want to receive them for the generations to come behind us. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you today. And as we stand in this moment of history today, Lord God, and we create, if you will, a a place of memorial and honor, Lord God, for what you have done. And Father, we look back and we uh, we just give honor, God, honor to what you have done. You have been faithful, Lord God. You have been good to us, Lord Jesus. And as we stand in this place, we recognize today that you are far from done. And so, Lord, as we honor what you have done, and as we look forward to what you have to do, may we be a faithful generation to you, faithful to pass on the faith to others, faithful to share the good news of Jesus Christ, faithful to you, and full of faith for ourselves, our families, and for the world around us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that there's so much more to do in front of us. And Lord, today we honor what you've done. We honor what you've walked us through. And Lord, we, we face the future full of faith and trust in you. And Lord, asking God, help us to remain faithful in you. Lord, cover this house with your authority and your purpose. Cover this house, God, with your goodness. Lord, we come under your authority. We submit ourselves to you. And we thank you for a covering of protection, Lord Jesus, over ourselves and over our families, Lord God. Lord, we thank you, God, for your hand upon us today. We bow our hearts and our heads to you today, God, and say you are good and faithful. And Lord, let this day honor you and honor what you've done. We worship you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I mentioned that Abraham is the father of our faith. He is your spiritual lineage. In Romans, uh, it says that those who have the faith of Abraham, he is the father of us all. And this idea that we are part of, of that generational blessing, uh, that we can receive it. You know, Our faith, this trust, this belief that we have in God, it is meant to be a generational faith. A faith that is received from the generation before us and a faith that is passed on to the generations that's behind us. It or yeah, that that is behind us. It's meant to be passed on and it's meant to be multiplied. I've got a question for you to think about today. Where did you receive the faith from for many of you you receive the faith from someone in your family 
For others of you, you are the first generation to be a believer in the Lord. And can you see the generations that are coming behind you? Can you see the people that you are passing the faith on to? So we want to talk about today, about our, our father of faith, Abraham, is this idea that this faith that we have is generational and that this promise that we have is generational. And I want to read to you out of the Old Testament uh, to begin with this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 6. There's this, there's this scripture that if, if anyone was going to memorize an Old Testament scripture as a Jewish believer uh, back in the day, if you will, this was the scripture that you would memorize. It was called the Shema. It was the, if you're going to pick out the most important scripture, this was it. It was Deuteronomy 6 verse 4 and it says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Would you say all your heart today? With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commands I give you today are to be on your hearts. That's a lot of heart talk, isn't it? Impress them on your children. We'll come back to that. Talk about them when you sit down at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Love God with all of ourselves, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. You know that God is worthy of us to love Him completely with our whole self. Amen? Y'all know we use love for a lot of words, right? Like, I love my yard, and I love my house. But you don't love those things like you love God, right? You love God with your whole self. And when you look in this scripture, it's like the faith that we have in the Lord, it oozes out of you. It's just, it's, there's so much love in you that it just, it comes out of the overflow of your love for God. And this faith is meant to be passed on to our children. The way that scripture says it is that we are to impress it upon our children, which we have to be careful with that word in the English, because when you say impress it on someone, that can feel a little bit um, pushy, uh, maybe even um, like, like you're going to exacerbate or frustrate your children. But that word impress, what it's meant to give you the idea of is, is not oppress and not compress your children. The idea is to repeat out of repetition. Again and again and again, what's coming out of our lives is our love for God with all our soul, all our heart, and all our mind. Like it just again and again. And it even alludes to kind of like a a sharpening of our faith. How How do we pass our faith onto our children? Before I move on, I just want to give you a few practical things about how that happens. First of all, we have to be intentional about it. Like, it has to be something that we mean to do, to pass on our faith to our kids. And a lot of times when you're intentional, you use your words, right? You remember when you were raising toddlers and things like that? Right? Use your words, use your words. We need to use our words when we're talking about our love for God with our children. Amen? Number two, we need to be consistent, right? The thing about our kids and the generations that come behind us, is they know us. Did you know 
that your children know what's wrong with you. Just like you knew what was wrong with your parents. And God calls us to honor our father and mother. Amen? And you know what? It's, it's okay that they can see our faults because actually they can see the gospel not just through your victories but through your failures as well if you continue to turn it over to him. Amen? Number three is make sure that your actions and your words line up. That is probably one of the most important things for our children to see is that what we say and what we do, they correlate because they, they know and they're watching. Here's the fourth one. This is going to take you by surprise. Repent when you get it wrong. Our kids need to see how we handle failure, not just the good stuff. Because our walk of faith is not one just of posturing and positioning away where we're, we're, we're creating a facade of, of how good things are all the time and how we get it right all the time. Actually, your kids can learn a lot by your failure as well. They can learn a lot by seeing how you apologize to the Lord and say, God, I got this wrong. Even how you apologize to them in an appropriate way and said, I got that wrong and you know, here's where my heart is. Those kinds of things speak volumes to our, our children and it gives them something to follow and to model. Amen? I think a lot of time. well, we continue in the scripture in Deuteronomy 6, verse 20, and it says this neat thing. It says, in the future, when your son asks you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and the laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell them this. We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Moms and dads, it is imperative that we get this. Our children need to know our story. And what I mean by that is, is more importantly, is they actually need to know your story before you relied on Christ. And the reason for that is we were all slaves. We were all slaves to sin, and we could not break free of that. Now, y'all got to catch this today. We're not perfect now. However, if you're a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit gives you the empowerment to not sin, right? Here's the challenge. Children... And our, our children, when they're coming along, they're having the same battle with slavery to sin as you and I have had. And they need the same victory from sin, the God coming into their lives, the Holy Spirit empowering them so that they do not have to sin. It's such a key. I still remember uh, Abigail when she was very young. She, she, uh, she had done something wrong. It was like the one time ever in her life. And I remember she made this statement to me. She was like, I didn't want to do it, but I had to. Like, I couldn't stop myself. And in that moment, I think she was about eight, I saw the gospel in my own child. I saw how my own child was powerless against sin. And for some reason, I got really excited. I'm odd like that. Because I was like, this is the moment where you can experience the fact that you can't be good in your own strength and power. The gospel is that Jesus comes to set us free. He's the one who gives us the power to change. He's the one who gives us the power so that we can not have to sin. Parents, 
It's so important that our children hear this from us. That they get the whole story. That they can be free, but the only way they can be free is with Jesus. And even when you're free, you're not perfect. You're a work in progress, but at least you're free and you can do the right thing. Amen? I got to tell you today, if you're watching online or if you're in, in this place today and you are having that struggle where you cannot break free from decisions and from things that are leading you away from God, I just want you to know that Jesus is here to set you free today. He loves you and he knows that without him you are powerless. He knows that and he doesn't shame you for it. He comes in as a rescue you, rescuer for you today. And if you're in that place today, you can cry out to him and say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, set me free. And he will empower you by the Spirit. He will forgive all your sins because he is ready to do it. He has paid a price through his son Jesus on the cross. And he is ready to receive you today. There's nothing else that needs to be done other than you going to him. If you're in that place today, I just want to encourage you to make that decision today. He is ready for you, and heaven rejoices when you make the decision to bring God into your life. If you're making that kind of decision today, if you're online, would you go to victorychristian.church and click on Next Steps? Because we want to rejoice with you, because it's not a decision that just happens alone. We want to be there for you and rejoice with you. If you're here in the in-person service, when we're concluded today, I want you to come talk to me because I want to pray with you. I am telling you, this is the gospel that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of which I'm the very worst. Amen? You know, in Scripture, when it talks about our faith and the promises of God, the covenant that God made with Abraham. There's this phrase that we see over and over again in Scripture that points to this generational blessing and generational promise. And it's this phrase, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and does anybody know the last one? Jacob, right? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Here's the crazy thing. Did you know that it should read the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau? Did you know that? That actually in Scripture, it should say Abraham, Isaac, and Esau because Esau was the firstborn. So what happened? Why is it the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Let's drop into Genesis chapter 25. And I'm going to read to you starting in verse 27. And we're going to see this little story, and I'm going to share an explanation of why it's not Abraham, Isaac, and Esau, why it actually is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content staying at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So they had these twins, Esau and Jacob. Esau was the older one. Jacob was the younger one. Daddy favored Esau. Mommy favored Jacob. Don't do that. Okay, keep going on. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. This is why they called him Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is a birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright 
to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank, and he got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. So here we have two sons who are actually in the wrong. Two sons. We have one son, Esau, who is disrespecting his birthright. You see, as the firstborn, he gets the generational promises. He gets a, a double portion. He get, like just generationally, like he's the person in line who's supposed to continue and, and perpetuate this. And he despises his birthright. And really, it's a picture of sin because for momentary pleasure, Esau decided to sell his birthright. Do you see that? For momentary satisfaction, he was willing to give up the thing that he was already his just by being born into the household of Abraham, his grandfather, Isaac, his father. He already had all this blessing and all of this coming to him, and he decided to sell it for the momentary pleasure. Jacob is also in the wrong. He absolutely takes advantage of his brother in this situation. Um, he takes advantage of his brother's hunger. And what a ridiculous price he, may, he has him pay. A meal for his birthright. I mean, to this day, it could be the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But it's not. But see, there's a, there's a lesson here. A lot of times we'll look at this story and we'll get a little like, hey God, like, like what's up with these two? And wh- what we're seeing in Scripture is, you got two imperfect people. And you know what? Isaac wasn't perfect. And Abraham wasn't perfect. But they believed and trust God, and God could work with that. There's a lesson in that. Here's the lesson from Jacob. Jacob wanted the birthright. He might have not been perfect. He might not have come about it through the, the most ethical ways or, or the, the right ways. But he wanted the birthright. He respected the value of the birthright. I want to ask you today, do you respect the value of what we've received in Christ? Is it precious to you? Is it important to you? You see, God, in this circumstance, he was willing to work with an ambitious brat, if you will, who wanted it, I mean really wanted it, rather than someone who just didn't respect his heritage. And so it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and young people, I just want to say that our heritage and the faith is something to cherish. It has incredible value, and it's something that we should be thankful for. It's something that should be respected, and it's something that along the way, we have to make it our own. You see, Esau had a birthright. He had a generational blessing. He had something that was his, but along the way, it lost its value to him. Um, and I will tell you this. There's a spoiler alert. There are generational blessings that come to us who believe. The favor and the blessing of the Lord. You know, this idea, I've just been 
for all, all week, just been, or for a few weeks now, thinking about the generations. So thankful for the generations that have come before us. So thankful for the generations that are going to come behind us. And uh, even yesterday, um, I had the privilege of, of being present for um, the funeral of uh, a man named Luther Archer, Pastor Luther. He preached here years ago. Pastor Luther was 75 years old, and man, he just shared the gospel with so, so, so many. It was just another father of the faith, if you will, going to receive his reward, and it was a very precious day. This scripture um, has come to mind, and it's out of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy was written by the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul, he, um, he wrote this book knowing that he was near his last days. He knew that he probably wasn't going to see Timothy again. And so, you know, when you're writing a letter and it's your last letter and it's like your last email or your last text or your last thing you're going to communicate, you really start to think about what you're going to say, right? And in 2 Timothy 2.1, he says, Then you then, my son, be strong in the grace that, that is in Christ Jesus. In the things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. The first thing he tells them, which is such a nice little mini lesson for us, is be strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus. Y'all, what we need is from him. Paul's smart enough to know, I'm not going to be here. Your source is Jesus. Be strong in his grace and in his power. If you've lost people around you that are really important to you, that you depended on, that you relied on, that are really precious to you, you know, I want to tell you, your heritage in the face is be strong in the grace of Jesus because what he has for you is what you need. Amen? But then he goes on and he says, um, he says, listen, these things that you've heard me say, these things that I have entrusted to you. Now, this is Paul giving his last words to Timothy. He's like, all this stuff that I've given to you, Timothy, I need you to entrust it to others. He's saying, Timothy, what I've given you, I need you to give it to others. I need you to continue to give it to others. These things that you've heard me say, pass it on. What you've received to me, from me, pass it on. If you received encouragement from me, Timothy, pass it on. If you've received instruction from me, Timothy, pass it on. If you've received comfort from me, Timothy, pass it on. If you've received inspiration from me, Timothy, pass it on. If you've received wisdom from me, pass it on. Which, what, it's this picture, like, like Paul has this, this baton, and he's giving it to Timothy. And he's saying, you know what you do with the baton, Timothy? You pass it on. You run with it, and you pass it on. That's what we do with batons. We receive them, we run with them, and we pass them on. And this message of the gospel and this promise of, of salvation, this, the promises of God and the goodness of God, this is, this is something that we've received, and it's meant to be passed on. It's meant to be generational. It's meant to, be, uh, to go on and on and on and on again. And we're standing here on this day, this 30th anniversary day. And so many of us have generational stories, not just in this place, but in our families, in our journey with the Lord. So much that we have so much to be thankful for. It's been passed on to us. Amen? And today, 
as we honor what God has done, we have a charge. This isn't the finish or the end of the race, is it? We were praying today, and we were beginning to pray for the next 30 years. God, cover the next 30 years. Cover the generations that come behind us. But I want to tell you today, whether you're a, a parent, whether you're a child, wherever you stand in the continuum of generations, just want to encourage you today. This thing is meant to be passed on generation to generation to generation. Moms and dads, the prayers that you pray over your children, you have this, this, this uh, grace and this empowerment of the Holy Spirit that you can pray for your children in a way that other people can't pray. Because you have this authority and this influence, whether you're raising them now or whether they're all grown up, your prayers have power and authority. Amen? And your right words at the right time have the empower to encourage and the empower to inspire. And I just want to encourage you today, this thing that we have received, we are so blessed to know Jesus. So blessed to be able to follow Him. We've got to pass it on. And I want to encourage you to take account of the moments in your life and the truths in your life that have really told your story. Some of you have experienced miracles. You've got to make sure your children and the people around you know the miracles you've experienced. You've experienced truths in, in, in the Lord, and you need to make sure that those truths are being passed on. Those things that have been really precious to you, I just want to encourage you to pass them on. To pass them on because... There's something about that generational heritage of faith. You know, this, this series of Father Abraham, we stand in a long line of people who've chosen to trust God and to have faith in Him. You're part of a very large, expansive family, and we get the privilege of passing on what He's done for us. Would you stand with me today? I'd like to pray for us today here's what I'd like to ask you to do today if you would receive the charge to pass on what has been passed on to you would you just put your hand up today Father, we're humbled by what we receive. We're humbled by your goodness. The number of stories represented in this room and online today, God, there's just so many stories of your faithfulness. Oh God, by your Holy Spirit, would you empower and lead us to pass on what has been passed on to us. To be faithful, God, to demonstrate and to show who you are to generations who will come behind us. We pray for our children and we pray for our children's children and we pray for their children and their children, God. 
Lord, that the the name of Jesus would be famous in our families and around us and in our community, Lord God. And that, Lord, those who come behind us, Lord Jesus, will learn of the goodness of our God and know you personally and be able to walk with you. Know the covering and the protection of the Lord. Would you grant us wise and humble hearts? Would you fill us with your spirit and power? And may the name of Jesus be exalted and glorified in our families, in this Uh, this church family, Lord God, may the name of Jesus be glorified. You are the hero in the room. You're the one we glorify and we honor for all that you've done, Jesus. Surely you have set us free and surely you have paid for our sins and surely you have given us your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we are so honored and humbled to know and to receive from you. And so God, what we have received from you, we pass to others. May we be faithful to impart to others what's been imparted to us. We love you and we worship you and we celebrate your faithfulness to this family over these 30 years. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.